Mm-hmm. Whatever we're going through, whatever the crushing and pressing and you know molding and pruning and all of that, we are coming into a new version of ourselves and our creative outputs, and we just need to stick with the journey because there's you know there's there's there are good results coming out of all the struggles and all that we're going through. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Thank you so much for having me. I am really looking forward to this chat. My name is Davida. I am from Ghana, born, bred, and watered. And I, I currently live in London, where I have been for a good few years now. And my business is Wonders of Wonders, which is a travel, food, and culture blog dedicated to people, places, and palettes. I love looking at your Instagram. It's so gorgeous. Um, (laughs) Something that you said, and I I wrote this down, how you describe yourself as Ghana, born, bred, and watered. You also (laughs) Yes. I love that. Um, You also say that you're a Wednesday baby, and you called it Akua. What does that yes. mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's right. In my, um, in my tribal, I suppose, ethnic um, origin, um, probably, well, for all of Ghana, every, every day has a, has a name and it depends on what sort of tribal ethnic group you come from. So I was born on a Wednesday and I'm a Khan. I'm Asante. I speak Cree. And so for me, um, Wednesday born female within my, my ethnic group is Equia. So yeah, Wednesday baby. <laughs> oh, okay. I love, I love traditions when it comes to how the kids are named in the family. Yeah. You, you've yeah. been to Bali, haven't you? Not yet. Not yet. I haven't made it there yet. <laughs> Um, they have also that strong tradition of like, uh, it's less like day of the week, more of where the child is born in the line, first, second, third, and so forth. 
Oh, yes. I find that really fascinating. Um, and there's so many, you know, naming traditions within Ghanaian culture. So it's not even just the name, but sometimes the circumstances of your birth or so you, you hear a name and there's immediately a story. You, for example, within the Fanti, the Fanti tribe, um, a, a, a girl called Mansa, you automatically know, OK, that's a, a third born, a third born girl. So, I mean, there's just there's just so much fascination associated with um, with names in in Ghanaian culture, and, and it's something that for me is uh, it's beautiful, you know. Absolutely. Has it been important to you, as someone uh, living in the UK, to keep those Ghanaian roots roots strong? Yes, um, but also I, I suppose having lived in Ghana for my formative years and it's not something I kind of um, kind of make such a conscious effort to to keep. I feel that it's already part of me, it's part of my story, it's part of the the making of Davida, so to speak. So um, in a way, it's something I, I carry with me always. So I, I wear it with pride without kind of giving too much thought to it. It's just who I am. It's just part of who I am in my journey. Do you have a lovely Ghanaian group of people in the UK that you're able, like a community you can tap into? I do. Um, I have some friendship groups here that uh, go way back. One of my best friends, we we met in high school, Priscilla, and we kind of found out that we were moving to the UK about the same time. And so, you know, so we've, we've kept in touch. We We travel together. If you've maybe had a look at my Instagram. We went to Thailand together. I think my first girl's trip was with her. So these are, you know, these are, these types of friendships have really, you know, fed into who I am and um, how we navigate adulthood and um, career and just new experiences. So yeah, it's, it's important to, for me to stay connected in this way. Is there anything in particular that you do uh, to stay connected so like you said that you have a friend that you're able to travel with which is like amazing in and of itself right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't travel with everybody it's true there's some people you're just like you know what I'm gonna love you enough to not travel with you <laughs> yes 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 absolutely so that's really that's really really wonderful that you were able to find that um but is there anything else like uh, sometimes in different cultures, there's a Sunday dinner tradition? Mm, yes. Um, so some of my immediate family is is here in, in the UK. So I, I get to fellowship with them and um, I do a lot of cooking that is very Ghanaian. I go to the markets, which I always call like another... Um, hub of Ghanaian community, you know, when you're looking for your your ethnic foods that the big supermarkets are just are just not going to have. So, so you go to you you know the auntie and the uncle that you have to go to in the in the African market. Um, and all of these places for me are just um, little hubs of Ghanaian Ghanaian community spirit. So yeah, food, music, a lot of my music that I enjoy now is probably you know stuff that I enjoyed while I was in Ghana. I'm not very current. <laughs> on um, today's music, but probably a lot of like Ghanaian high life, Ghanaian hip life music. Uh, so these connections are, yeah, they just inspire me and keep me connected and, and 
transplanted to to home, even if I'm not physically there. I love that. I think I think maybe it's like at a certain age we start, or rather we stop like looking for new music. <laughs> It's just like, I don't know what those kids are listening to these <laughs> days. I just feel like that's been my life for a very long while. I was never, I was never at, the, at the forefront of what's trending in music. I like what I like, and uh, I tend to replay a lot of what I like. And even if I go on YouTube now, I'm still looking for stuff from, like, I don't know, 2008 or something. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I like that just works. Um, yeah, <laughs> I always say um, you can take the girl out of Ghana, but you can't take Ghana out of the girl. <laughs> Especially having been so many places, like I could imagine it being tempting to, I don't know, have have the world kind of yeah. who you are. It's hard. I think it's hard, right? What do you it think? is. Um, I Yeah, I, I find myself um, wherever I go. I find myself perhaps consciously or unconsciously always looking for links back to the Ghana in me. Um, and, and, I, and when I do find it, it's, it's just another part of, you know, it just makes you feel like, oh, wow, you can kind of travel the world or, or whatever and still find yourself reminded of something that's on your own doorstep. And that to me, it just reminds me of how connected we all ultimately are. You know, we're not, as different as the world would have us believe or what some of the sort of damaging stereotypes would have us believe of the other. And it's so wonderful to, to see ourselves or our, some of our traditions or our cultures or, you know, our just all the important moments that kind of moments of identity is so wonderful to just see it reflected back to you uh, in some of the most unlikely places in the world. Yeah. That is really sweet. That's that's a really sweet sentiment. Seeing <laughs> yourself reflected in the world, because I I I believe that some people don't think that way at all. They see the world as hostile. Yeah. Oftentimes, and so being open enough to be receptive to the po- mm. to that possibility, I think, is really powerful. It's, yeah. It's a whole different way. Yeah, a whole different way to experience the world. I agree. Especially, I agree. The, you know, yeah. hair touching. Like, black women, we talk about our hair. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Every, like, everybody has a hair story, right? Everybody it's, has a hair story. I love that, yes. It, it, it seems so. Um, so it's, uh, it's interesting to hear women talk about that and how some people aren't phased by it. Like, have you, like, with your, do you have a hair story? <laughs> I can't. Have, I have I many. <laughs> have many, okay. I have many. I mean, just before I kind of, I'm wearing my hair really short now. But um, when I started my, re- let me see, when I restarted my natural hair journey about, I would say about 2013, and I was wearing a, a bigger fro and, and, and stuff, I once had my mom do um, an African thread in hairstyle for me which for me was just nostalgic that's how my grandma used to do my hair when I was a kid so and and this was my hairstyle like for most of my my young years so imagine I've got that done now and I'm just walking around the streets of London when I tell you so many people would stop me and be like oh my gosh 
this is so intricate, this is so, and I don't disagree, it's beautiful, it's art. So there was that one side where people who were non-Ghanaian or non-African would stop me and then kind of really express how fascinated they were with my hair. And then you, I had, on the other hand, the Ghanaians, you know, especially like people of the auntie and uncle ages, you know, the older generation, just so amazed. And some of them were emotional because they were like, I have not seen this in forever because it's such a traditional style. And here I was walking around in London 2014 or whenever it was, like with this type of hairstyle and everybody would stop me. I would take it to lectures. I would do, you know, corporate life with it. And others called me brave. And it's just like, I don't, this, I don't feel brave. This is, <laughs> this is just my hair and how I wear it back in my home. Like, it's not a big deal in that sense. But at the same time, I could appreciate that um, they don't see it often, even those who are Ghanaian in, in today's world, you know. So yeah, hair stories, I, I have many. I call it my hair's hair, what's it called? Hair existence. <laughs> <laughs> it does have like its own life. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a baby, a dog, everybody just like goes directly to that. <laughs> Being right there. That is interesting though. That's so sweet that um people would get sentimental about it because that's that's what happens though right because we are so global even in I don't know it seems like very nuanced ways everyone Mm. wants to because so much of popular culture is more widely available to be popular culture like a lot of people are abandoning the traditional things yeah, 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 it's very true. I mean, the world is moving so fast now. Sometimes, you know, you do feel a bit disconnected to some of the things that rooted you in the past and you almost have to fight to get that that feeling and that conviction back. Yeah. Is that hairstyle that you're speaking of, is that in your header of your Twitter account, if you can remember? No, so the what's I think what's in my Twitter account is just w- how I look now, which is just the 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 low crop. Um, not your um, not your profile picture, the header, like the the big art in the oh, back. Oh yes, yes, yes. I think yes, but that's that's a different version of it, and that's um yes, but yes, you're right. That particular that was a festival in Accra, and um. I happened to be walking behind that woman and I just thought, you know, it is a very sort of traditional people come dressed in all manner of ways that just tell stories. And I saw the, this woman with the hair like that. And yeah, it reminded me of um, some of the styles I would see when I was growing up. And so I took a picture. <laughs> I asked her and then I, I asked her to just kind of walk a little bit ahead of me and then I took a picture of it. But yes, that would be one of the the styles. Yeah. That's really gorgeous. Do, do you have... Uh... <laughs> A full-on photo of it of your hair or someone else's hair I do yes I do have it somewhere I can definitely okay. <laughs> I can definitely dig it out <laughs> I'm just curious <laughs> I didn't know if you could, like posted it on social media or not I have at some point probably in the in the in the heat of the actual moment I I, I definitely did I remember kind of documenting some of the reactions and and stuff yeah I do have one from my Twitter account somewhere <laughs> okay also, I wanted to ask you about the connection between your grandmother and storytelling. 
Ah, yes. I I do always say that um, she really inspired my my love of storytelling. Um, when we were growing up, her home was a uh, it was a haven. It was a you know one of these places that people are constantly going and coming, and there was always there was always a lot of activity. Um, because my grandma is very much a community stalwart, so I think people have always come to her for one thing or the other, and she she was a midwife as well, so um, very much the community mummy. So, so yeah, in the evenings of of um, in the evening, she would gather us and um, feed us roasted corn and tell us Anansi stories, and. She has such a way with words and she would just paint these amazing stories and add some songs to it. And it just beca- became this sort of night routine. And I have distinct memories of just sitting under like very starry nights and listening to her talk, you know, after dinner um, in that lull between um, when you've eaten and you're kind of just waiting for the food to go down, <laughs> go down your body. And um, it's not yet bedtime. It's a balmy night. And then, yeah, you'd have um, grandma's voice kind of telling you some escapade or other, uh, having us laughing. And yeah, it's it's a real special moment. So, yeah, it, she she really inspired my imagination in, in those days. And um, what is, you know, imagination is such a big part. Imagination and creativity is such a big part of telling a story. And yeah, I credit her with with that that spark in me. And um, and so it's my mom, to be honest. Um, I guess she also got it. <laughs> she got it from her mama. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I feel that I, I come from a a generation of um, powerful women and powerful storytellers. And what's your relationship with your family like these days? You said that they live in London. Yes. So I have some immediate. I have my parents and one of my brothers here and my other brother is in Ghana with his wife and um and children and and then I have some of the wider extended family of course in Ghana as well grandma as well and then the rest I would say are kind of between the states uh and Canada yeah so this is where majority of us are spread across and yeah we you know, the family group chat is on <laughs> and popping sometimes. And then I, I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then um, it's been a while since like the whole lot of us kind of met in one place. Because over the years, I suppose, with people living in different places, you'll see this one here one day. Then, you know, it's not going to be another few years until you see another one or whatever. But, um, yeah, we, we stay connected. And technology helps. <laughs> I love that. The WhatsApp. Is it WhatsApp? The WhatsApp group. Yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> WhatsApp came through and changed the game for real, for real. Honestly. <laughs> we used to have these calling cards, all kinds of stuff. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> or even it's amazing. Messenger. It really is. Um, or even Facebook Messenger. Like, um, that's why a lot of people don't delete their Facebook account for the groups and for Messenger because like, everybody <laughs> has an account. It's true. Yeah. Facebook, yes. It's for me, in the beginning, Facebook was very much about, yeah, probably with like everyone else connecting with, um, with family and um, just making them aware of what you're up to and, and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. 
because um, at some point in my journey, I, I lived in Paris for a year. So um, again, you're kind of just keeping in touch and letting them know, hey, I'm all right. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm I'm cool. I'm alive. <laughs> so yeah. How do you feel about the way that you travel? I think the uh, equal parts, you know, proud of me. Maybe sometimes like just bemused by my antics <laughs> and entertained by my stories. And um, they just know there's there's never a dull moment with David, you know. But they've been very supportive, and I'm um, I'm very I'm very proud and blessed um, to have you know, people like that in my, in my camp. That is so true. A lot of folks don't have that type of support. Yeah. The, the experience seems to be so varied. Like I have, I've talked to ladies who are like, I did all the research so that when these people came to me with these crazy questions, I would have the answers. <laughs> or people are like, girl, I just left. And <laughs> after I had landed, you know, but then there there are also those that are like, yeah, they did this and that for me uh, yeah. to support the whole journey. So it's really, it's really magical yeah. when you can have that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, life is hard enough. Huh? <laughs> so when, um, if, if, you know, opposition starts coming from like quarters that you expect support from, it can be very demoralizing, but at the same time, it just maybe makes you firmer that this is a path I do want to take and I am going to take, you know, with or without your support. So, you you know, you might as well get in line and support it <laughs> or something like that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> is that, what kind of challenges, challenges did you have to face then? So it, it wasn't necessarily on the home front. What were your obstacles to pursuing a life that centered travel? I think um, for me, it's just that combination of, as in if I look back on my journey, it would be just the combination of maybe being a, a student um, and wanting to do, kind of wanting to do it all without necessarily having the funds for it, or perhaps now combining full-time work with a desire to travel so I think it's it's depending on what season of life I've been in it's just generally how to add travel to my everyday like the reality of my everyday life so I think it's a it's a it's a case it's a fine balance and act um and it's something I you know I'm constantly kind of um reviewing and just trying to make the most of travel while you know, you have your everyday responsibilities and showing up and showing out in your corporate life as well. You went, you even went so far as your undergrad degree is in journalism and French, and you went on to get yes. your master's in tourism management. So that's like how yeah. hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> you went and got master's. So like what, what, does your degree involve specifically with tourism management? Ah, responsible tourism management. Um, so this came, this path to, you know, responsible tourism or pursuing my master's in tourism, it came from my, I was involved in editing and um, I suppose creating content for a magazine on 
tourism and investment in Ghana. And um, it started to fascinate me more and more. I wanted to learn a bit more about this whole tourism angle and how to, you know, travel more responsibly and, you know, not just using our, our holidays as a as just escapism for ourselves, that we need to be a bit more aware when we travel, how we can make a better impact. So this this finally sort of led to this path of, oh, there's 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 a course that I can do along this path. Uh, I was I consider myself a, a lifelong learner. I really like learning. Don't necessarily like <laughs> the examinations that come with academic study or whatever, but I really love knowing things. So um, when when I I talked to my dad and he he knew a lot about it and he kind of started pointing me in this direction of where you can acquire some more knowledge on it, I I began to look into that. And at that time I was working, I was in full-time employment. So I decided that, okay, to make it happen, you'd have to, you know, I needed to raise money. I wasn't eligible for any sort of loan whatsoever. And getting the master's is not cheap, you know. So I spent a good probably four years in the job that I was in at that time, kind of, I suppose, splitting my money mainly between, um, or trying to split my money between doing a bit of travel and then also saving for the master's. And so I finally got there. And um, so I, I quit my job and then went back to school. And yeah, it's pretty much what responsible tourism is about, like just learning more ways to make to minimize the impact of tourism on on societies, on cultures, on environment, um, and how you know hosts and guests in in countries can just relate better to each other, and how we can all make our travel that much more meaningful. You know. And how has your experience been? So that's like the the academic side of it. That's the intention mm-hmm. of. The- right what is the lived experience in trying to have this it seems like it's holistic if that's fair to say holistic view of how people move around the world mm. yeah um one of the ways i would say i if that the course really opened my eyes and how it it changed a lot of how i travel is just being intentional with spending within the local economy wherever i go um I think tourism, we can't, we can't separate the fact that tourism has a lot of negative impacts and, you know, implications on, on the communities where it happens. A lot of the times people might not, the local people on the ground might not necessarily feel the benefits of, of tourism in their countries or in their communities or, or whatever. And so we have to be more intentional in where we spend our money who we're booking with, um, even just so far down as where you're doing your souvenir shopping, things like that. So for me, that's one of the major ways that I would say I've really changed how I, I used to not care so much about, you know, spending within the local economy or whatever. But now I, I just make sure that I'm buying something or, you know, doing something, eating, eating somewhere and having connections that are that can be felt long, long after I've gone, you know, whether it's, it's, it's a genuine connection and just, you know, centering people in, in the places that I visit. And that's, you know, one of the people at one of the tenets of my, my blog, I really 
want to share the stories of the world through people and places and palettes, which is uh, the food angle, you know, because food connects us to places as well. So just, yeah, I would say spending within the local economy and um, connecting in ways that, I suppose, enrich the social cultural experience of travel. So you do have a, a part on your blog where you want to do interviews. You want to kind of crowdsource. Um, so I saw like a couple of articles that you had along those lines that uh, I believe it's under your collaboration um, yeah. tag. Yeah. So that's really beautiful. What has been your experience in speaking more with a lot of people, asking them about their travel experiences? Uh, it's it's word on the street. Word on the street. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Word on the street. Yeah. So I really wanted my blog to be not just about my stories you know my travel stories and my travel experiences I am very open to people and I'm learning to be even more so I'm open to people and their experiences and what they have to share as well because I think it's it's all part of an enriching experience if we can all if we can learn from each other and learn from other people's travels other people's experiences so when I set out to to do the blog, I very much wanted to dedicate parts of it to other people, other creators, and what they are doing in in their fields. Um, so at the moment, there's not so many interviews there, but they they are in the pipeline coming. Um, and I found that the the travel community is um, very supportive. Like online, there's a lot of um, camaraderie and um, collaboration you know there's it's this there's a spirit of collaboration over competition so I'm currently putting together and hopefully by the time this is out there will be a, a new collaboration on food which is people's food stories so again it's I'm just trying to create another space for people to to share their experiences so we can we can all learn a little bit of something maybe have a laugh along the way you know there's lessons there's laughs there's thoughts there's experiences we can we can all tap into and just make our travels and our, our moments online just that much better. But in general, I would say people have been very responsive in connecting with me and very generous with sharing their stories. And this is something that's a big part of the heart of um, Wonders of Wonders. I have seen how gorgeous the travel community is like people really share they are really open to connecting um and it doesn't seem like there's the whole conversation about being an actual influencer versus being like a quotations influencer right <laughs> uh you can you can see that you can see like a bit of the i don't know salesiness of it but there are so many with so much heart yeah. Um, it's really gorgeous to experience. I I hadn't experienced that in any other, uh, I guess you could say, sectors of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. There's there is there is a lot of openness and willingness to just you know engage in this way and um, yeah, just enrich each other. Even you know if you're just looking for practical information or or whatever there's always somebody that you know responds to you and and um and is happy to help and I think it's 
it's a it's a beautiful part of community um, and community building that I'm I'm very happy to be to be part of. Yeah. I even saw that you won. So what is this? It's the Silver Press Ball. Uh, <laughs> MMCO. You won tickets to it. Yes. You... David is going to the ball. <laughs> yes. Now you got to get your dress. What are you going to wear? Yeah, I'm looking forward I to it. I haven't been before. So it's um, another first time experience um so yeah we'll see how that goes but uh, i expect to have a night of um good connections and a lot of dancing hopefully and some good food and (laughs) and whatnot (laughs) a very a very grown-up night you sound very yes (laughs) very grown up um but the, the event is produced by uh women in travel um it's supposed to be a social enterprise empowering women through employability and entrepreneurship and travel tourism and hospitality so yes i hope that you enjoy yourself let us know how it goes (laughs) of course of course yes yeah i'm really looking forward and i was quite excited to to win the tickets and uh yeah women in travel um have been a really strong point in in this journey especially in the last in the last few months and um and Yolanda, who runs the, the BAME Women in Travel division, is just an extraordinary human being. <laughs> and I'm, so I'm just, I'm just amazed to, I'm, I'm amazed by her. I admire her so much. And I just think she fosters so much um, sense of community and, you know, supporting those of us who are quite new in this, in this, in this world. Um, yeah, very giving person. And you probably would have noticed she was my first interview on the blog. She's someone I really wanted to interview and um, she never, she didn't hesitate one bit when, um, mm. when I asked her, when I approached her um, about it. And I think it's really testament to the kind of person that, that she is, you know. Yeah, people will show you one way or the other, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like you are kind of an immersive kind of lady. So... You find a story, it seems like, in everything. That's why the food and the culture that you experience through the food and being there in the space, like, these elements are, they seem, like, overwhelmingly, like, in your senses. (laughs) Like, yes. (laughs) It's like you, you find connection through that. Is that fair to say? Like, you're experiential. Yes. That is fair to say. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I, I wanna, agree. I, yeah, I wanted to ask you: Is there are there any specific self care practices that you have? I love to sleep. <laughs> that is one thing a lot of my friends know about me. I'd like to sleep early. Um, I'm not somebody that can, you know, kind of go all night or whatever or party all night and then kind of wake up fresh face the next day I, I require <laughs> a certain number of sleep to feel that I am rested and I can face the world being my best self so I would say sleep is a very important part of that um taking walks I I really like just wandering I guess that's <laughs> that's the second part of um you know just 
like taking myself on a walk and seeing the seeing the world in this way just in the park or stopping to I don't know admire flower things like that I, I find joy in really simple things like that um and then lately I have become a proponent of good massages <laughs> I was late to this wagon but I'm here now okay <laughs> make up a lot of time too <laughs> I'm here now, and I I, I intend to explore this fully. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then really just spending time with with people that that just edify your soul, you know, Um, which for me is like, you know, good friends, like the warmth of good friendships and just, you know, someone that probably has known you for a while. A lot of, um, well, my closest friends I've, you know, I've been friends with for a good number of years. and. so just a good conversation with my best friend or just connecting with family eating together is another it's another form of um self-care for me just kind of switching off and having dinner with family yeah these i would say these are these are really what um refresh me are any of those particularly grounding or do you have um another practice that you have that's grounding for you um, I'm a person of faith, so I also make sure I take time out just kind of, you know, reading the Bible, praying, um, and just, yeah, being mindful in, in, in that practice. I find a lot of peace in that. So that is, um, that is a daily practice that I, I engage in. So if all else fails in that, in, you know, all the other things I've listed, um, if they all fail, I mean, this is something that I, I make sure I start my day with. So it's very, very grounding for me. And yeah, it brings me a lot of um, peace and calm, even if when, even if um, <laughs> proverbial SHIT is hitting the ceiling, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or the literal, sometimes. <laughs> uh... <laughs> How has it been, um, David, uh, traveling as a black woman in your skin with your body? Ooh, that, I mean, it's, it's had its pros and cons. Um, I would say the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. Um, in most places, I, I have positive experiences. I tend to, I'm a very sort of, smiley person I'm open to people I ask certain questions and people connect to me and 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 I appreciate that about myself um so I tend to have really deeply meaningful conversations in in during my travels um and that's something I really really love again it just comes back to being open to people and just finding moments of connection um but at the same time you know there has been moments where someone has automatically decided that I don't qualify for something. One of the experiences that really stick out in my mind um, is a recent one when I was, um, I was away and then I, I patronized a service and, you know, they took my details, you know, my, my contact details, I had to pay for something. So they took my contact details and, and whatnot. And then later on the, the owner of the business sort of followed up like, oh, how, how is it going? And I, I, initially I thought, oh, that's good. 
you know, customer service, aftercare, whatever. <laughs> but then they proceeded very swiftly into flirting with me and, you know, just being very, very, very lewd and then saying how they just loved seeing me and they can just imagine what my body would look like in a swimsuit, you know, really disgusting things like that. And, and yeah, so that really kind of, it was upsetting, but at the same time is... <laughs> It's one of those things that I don't know for whatever reason, whether it's a, you know, you get tired of sometimes just dealing with the same kind of things over and over again, because it just feels even more heightened when you travel. Because I was on a solo trip, I think, at that time as well. So I felt very unsafe and very vulnerable and just annoyed to be really sexualized in this way. Um, so that that's like one of the really negative experiences. And then you just have those where, you know, there's a lot of that fascination with, you know, just traveling while black, what they want to touch your hair, <laughs> um, feel your skin, whatever it is. Some of it I don't actually mind. I would rather, you know, we all have some kind of, just be respectful of it. That's the way I see it. But I've definitely had other moments where I've been walking, minding my business, and then you turn around and suddenly you just see a bunch of cameras trained at you because, wow, what is this, <laughs> what is this person in our midst? Um, it's very unnerving. So, yeah, I think there's, yeah, the two sides to, to the story. Is, there's positives and there's, there, there, you know, there are negatives as well. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we live on. <laughs> we live to travel another day. <laughs> we buy another flight, another bus yeah. ride, another... <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But you do seem, it doesn't seem to weigh on your spirit. You do seem very light. Yeah, I try to be. I I I try to be um I try to struggle with a lot of things. I'm very optimistic in general about about life and about bad experiences. I I laugh at myself a lot and um I just try to shrug off bad experiences or whatever and then just focus on what's what's good. I think I very much believe in we give power to the things we give power to are the ones that will have a hold on us. So I, I try to focus on, you know, positive things and try to have um, an optimistic view of, of, of life in general. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of knock me down. <laughs> so I try to keep my soul light. What, what has helped you to keep yourself? What has helped me to keep myself? Um, I think I've done a lot of work, which is generally growing my sense of self. This is something my friends say about me that um, I agree with. I think um, I've had moments in general where I've just, I suppose, maybe questioned who I am and what's my place in the world. And um, I don't feel it's something I, I started off really knowing. I think some people have an idea of what path they want to take and stuff like that from very, very early. So, and then they pursue it with a sort of tunnel vision. And I wasn't one of these people. I think for a while I was kind of ambling through life, you know, not quite sure what I wanted to do and what my place was and, and whatnot. But, um, and it's still a process that I'm going through. I think um, whether it, it came with just growing up more, having more experiences or whatever it was, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's a lifelong journey. But um, for me, I've just, I feel that I'm, I'm developing a stronger sense of self. And 
yeah, it just comes from being receptive of what I'm good at, what I need to work on, and, you know, where I could be. I think I'm very, I'm trying to be more objective about myself. I always say, I, you know, you can lie to everybody, but you can't lie to yourself. So I just try to really sit with myself a lot and be like, okay, here's where you're wrong, or here's where you could be better, or whatever. I try to do a lot of that with myself, a lot of introspection. And then I sort of emerge with more answers, like, okay, <laughs> the journey continues so yeah is there is there anything in particular that helped you to know to ask the questions that you even want to ask yourself if that makes sense like how do you get past yourself get past the stories that you're telling yourself in order to be genuinely inquisitive hmm that's a good one i I try to listen to the people around me um, and I really, really try to get to a moment where I don't stop people telling me about myself, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> I think, you know, it can be hard to hear about yourself in general, like, you know, in, in a bad light. Um, but mostly, I, you know, I, I want if, you know, if we're in a friendship or we are in a relationship or whatever it was, whatever it is, I, I, I want to know what I maybe I've done to offend you. So I can be more intentional about not doing it again. Um, and these, these can be hard conversations to have, but I, I think, um, keeping an open heart in these things is hard, but it's very necessary to just do the work on yourself. You know, um, I can't really cope with, things, you know, like um, situations where somebody is giving you a silent treatment or whatever and letting you, your mind run helter-skelter, wondering what it is that you did wrong. I would, I very, I, I prefer communication. So I'm, I'm, I try to be a, a very receptive listener. Yeah, it's not easy, but uh, <laughs> it's got to be done. So I think these are some of the ways that, um, because, yeah, we love to hear compliments about ourselves and, and that's nice or whatever. But um, I think it's in moments where you, you can admit to yourself that, oh, I wasn't very nice or that was rude of me or that was whatever, that you can really, really correct some of the things in your character. And it's a hard piece of um, self-examination, but um, you have to open yourself to it. And this is something that I believe. It is something when you're able to live your values like that um to not just like come along buzz along and like oh I got this to do that to do going over here but mm. to say you know you weren't you weren't really polite just then <laughs> <laughs> or you know so and so seemed like they were really going through something and you didn't stop to like ask them yeah or if they were really yeah. okay like you just you really let that slide yeah um it, it takes a, a lot of self-awareness and a lot of persistence and a lot of practice. And I don't know why we got programmed. <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know where these programs came from to make us this way to where it's, it's, it's a true effort that you have to put forth in order to be human. Yeah. Gosh, that is, yes, that is the way to put it. That's true. I think, you know, we're so, we're very much, probably inherently programmed to 
be selfish, you know, that's, you know, self-preservation. So I think the work is in learning to, you know, be more selfless because the selfishness, it comes easy to us, you know. <laughs> so it's a harder piece of exercise to, you know, be like, okay, <laughs> here's where I need to let go of that selfishness and, you know, put the other person first or just try to at least. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's work work that's got to be done because I think you know ultimately it just makes your your interactions and your relationships and your you know just your the way you you deal with people it makes it makes it just that much much richer because you're not setting out with the what can I get from this person sort of mentality but um kind of approaching more with what can I give this person Mm -hmm. you know learning more to be givers than takers yeah but the the thing that really is is the kicker about it is like the more you focus on yourself, the more you're prone to be anxious, to be depressed, mm-hmm. to not well mm-hmm. in general. Because again, like the the things that are floating around in our heads, they're not the best things. Like to put it mildly, to put it so softly, like. <laughs> They really do like have some of the most terrible <laughs> cycling around in our heads, and yet we want to stay with ourselves. <laughs> These things, but oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I appreciate you sharing that, though. I like I like something that you said. You said that home is not just in places, but home is in moments. Um, and and meaningful connections. Mm. Yep. yep. You said uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> Quotable quotes by David, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I truly believe that. I think, um, and it's, a lot of it is tied into, you know, leaving my first home, Ghana. I think one, once you sort of leave what's always been familiar, you realize how much, more your concept of home expands you know it's a uh, home is not just you know where maybe your physical house is or, or whatever and um I truly believe that some of the times I felt my most comfortable or most accepted or whatever weren't necessarily in you know a physical space or like a you know in, in inherently in a geographical space but um really in in a particular moment, like I can, I can pinpoint some of the moments I just felt like I may be out of what's familiar or what I've always known or whatever. But um, at this very moment in this very fellowship or in this moment of community, I really feel planted and I feel, I feel a sense of peace and I feel comfortable in my skin. And yeah, I think, and these moments are all tied to people or you know a particular experience or 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 whatever and yeah I truly I truly believe that your your definition of home expands congratulations like (laughs) so many people like don't feel comfortable in their skin that is like something to really celebrate so I don't know if you drink but turn one up for me if you do if you if you like to do that Cause I, love I do like I do like my reds. <laughs> okay, okay. 
I love that you talk about is uh, that you are not one to save a location. So you're like, some people are like, oh, that's a lover's destination or like what have you. A girlfriend's mm. getaway. Why are you going by yourself? But I love that you said you are not one to save a location. You will go and experience the place that you need to go and experience. Yeah. It took me a while to get to that moment um, because um, as I, you know, recently shared in my solo travel um, write-up, I, 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 would, I would say I was definitely one of those people that couldn't really do things if I didn't have somebody to do them with, you know, when I was growing up or whatever, if it's like maybe an an event or something I really wanted to go to or whatever, if I didn't kind of have somebody that wants to go with me, then I would more or less cancel it. And, and so for me, you know, coming to a point where I could travel solo is such a big deal. Um, And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's become a huge part of my my travel journey, and it's something that I think within the last two years or so has really changed how I view the opportunity to travel. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I'm not going to, you know, schedule a particular place for. Oh, this feels like a kind of place you would go with your girlfriends, or you know, like have a girls' trip, or do this, or go with your your partner or I don't know your spouse or what I mean yeah those things would be nice blah 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 but I'm just I'm I'm just not in that mind frame anymore I I think solo travel has given me a lot of confidence to you know pursue life on my own terms and just not wait around for people you know now my motto my my mental motto is that it's wherever I'm going it's it's a solo trip until it's not you know, <laughs> it's a solo trip until it's not. Um, so if, if I've planned to go somewhere and I happen to maybe mention it in a conversation with a friend and they want to come along, cool. I mean, that would be nice or whatever. But I'm not going to, you know, move according to your whim in the sense that if you kind of dilly-dally or whatever, you, I'm not going to allow you to stress me <laughs> or make me put the trip off because for whatever reason you couldn't commit to it, then I'm, I'm still going to go. Um, but what I'm saying is it's taking me a while to get to this point because I very much was somebody that would feel way too self-conscious to even dare be that adventurous. <laughs> but now, yeah, it's, it's a complete mind shift. So this is, this is currently the, the, the mind frame that I'm in. I'm not saving places or whatever. If it happens and I have the opportunity to go, I'm going. And then if it happens later with someone else or a friend or a partner or whatever, yeah, we can we can go and then experience it differently, you know. Yeah, because I, I think that's <laughs> what happens. Like, nothing is the same. You you yeah. read a book two years apart, it's going to be a different book. You go to a place yeah. with a different person, you're going to experience it differently. Things are always changing because we're always changing. A little that's bit, it. A little bit. Yeah. Um, do you yeah. have any hobbies or interests? that aren't necessarily about money? I, yeah, I, I love reading. I, (laughs) I love people watching, but if there is a way to make money from that, do tell me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, I really love dancing. I always say I'm not necessarily rhythmically gifted, but I love dancing. (laughs) 
Yes, I may I may be rhythmically challenged, but you know, it doesn't doesn't stop me. <laughs> yeah, I would say these are my these are my things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you do travel to a new place, how do you like to explore? Um, we've talked about food a little bit. What is that kind of like the main way? Um. No, it's just one of the ways. Um, yes, food is a big part of my travel experiences, but um, it's one of the ways. But really, another way I, I love to explore is to just wander, to just wander, you know, just walking, um, just kind of soaking in the atmosphere and watching people, maybe talking to like vendors in these type of places, like if you're walking in the market or in the stalls or whatever it is. Um, and then another way I really love to kind of acclimatize to a new place is really just finding a viewpoint, you know, like a panoramic view, sort of looking down at at at, at a new place. So whether it's going up a cathedral with, you know, some sort of bell tower or some some kind of view or whatever it is, I love I love a good panoramic view. So um so yeah, food talking to local people in one capacity or the other, wandering, and then panoramic views. These are kind of my initial ways that I love to connect with a new place. Mm. And do you have any song lyrics or poems that speak to you these days? I do. My When I came into the new year, in, that's at the beginning of 2019, um, this song by um, Hillsong, which is called New Wine, really spoke to me. Um, there's some sort of lyrics. Some of the lyrics are something like, in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. Uh, in the soil, I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. And for me, um, it sort of spoke to the the year that I was entering into, which was, it was going to be, you know, I was going to launch my blog. I and it it had been, you know, challenging up until then, kind of trying to get some content, managing all of that with um, working full time and all of that. So I felt that the, like I was being pushed and pressed and <laughs> all of that in in different ways. And and it's like you're planting something in the ground, and then you know some sometime later it will grow and birth fruit. So it spoke to me and to the creative journey that I was about to undertake. And it's, I pretty much declared it my song of the year, you know, like in terms of having a theme song. So I, it's something I've kind of always, I've I've played intermittently throughout the year because it it still, it still speaks a lot to me that um, whatever we're going through, whatever the crashing and pressing and, you know, molding and pruning and all of that, we are coming into a new version of ourselves and our creative outputs and we just need to stick with the journey because there's, you know, there's, there's, there are good results coming out of all the struggles and all that we're going through. But, you know, stay faithful to the journey, basically. And good things will come from it. Good fruits will come from it. That's so thoughtful. I really like that. I also yeah. like the idea of having a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I this year I I was trying something new. I had a a word and then a theme song. So yeah, there were <laughs> there were two 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 main arms to entering the new year for me, and I and I felt that having chosen them, I've kind of kept certain things in perspective, and it's really given a lot more focus to my year in in a way that. I've never felt, and I think it's it was a new practice for me, and I, it's something I think I will I will stick to. So you know, bring on twenty twenty. <laughs> are, are you already? What what was your word for this year? My word was partnership. Um, again, it was connected to uh, my blog because I, I I wanted to be able to partner with people and you know to tell the stories of the world because um because I was determined for it not to be just about me and my stories and my experiences but um to also give space for for others so right. I wanted to be able to do, partner with you know with different people or organizations or whatever and then to be able to share the stories of the world with humor and compassion and nuance and all of that so yeah it was partnership partnership really like that mine yeah. I- I didn't have a word. I had a a saying, uh, and it was thrive in uncertainty. Mm. That wasn't this year. I think that was last year. I had another one for this year, but I forgot what it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you find it? Um, I actually have it. How did I f- you, thrive in uncertainty? Uh, I yeah. think I throve. If so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the personal growth is really hard to measure, I think. Um, okay, so this is, it wasn't a small phrase, but this is what I had for this year. Um, to have the best intentions, the purest actions, and the sweetest focus. Ooh. So I wanted that to fuel everything. Well, clearly it wasn't top of mind, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I had a great intention when I originally wrote that. But, exactly. <laughs> um, that's just been really important to me, which I, yeah, I think it's a struggle. I'd, I'd be interested to know. Not, I don't want to say struggle, but um, when you aren't, capitalist demigod <laughs> it's like <laughs> when when your money is not on the money necessarily mm-hmm. your money is on the spirit of what you're working on I think it can be it can be challenging have you experienced that or not so much <laughs> in terms of when when as a as a content creator, so you just um, it seems like you've had your Instagram since 2018, and you started blogging this year, and yeah. so as you've been traveling and sharing, um, as you've been writing, and you do so with so much passion and intention and clarity, um, lots of focus. Um, what? What has your experience been like in terms of, it seems like it's really well received. It seems like you're very well supported out in the internet streets, as it were. <laughs> and I don't know that it's necessarily, like you you were talking about, like, if you could make money watching people, like, that would be nice. <laughs> so it seems like you do want to make some money from the things that you're doing. What are your thoughts on your approach to 
monetizing, I suppose you could say, your travels, monetizing your your perspective on travel, food, and culture. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, so, hmm. back in, I suppose, 2008 or 2009, I had my very first blog, and that's when I, I was living in Paris, and so I started blogging to share the experience of living abroad and navigate navigating a new culture and stuff like that so in a way I'm not so new to blogging but then I you know that blog eventually sort of fell somewhere in the water <laughs> and then I was I was missing on the the blogging scene for for a while um but with this new coming back into this world I sort of set myself a first year of really just finding my voice again you know, so so I do have plans to to monetize, but it's something I'm still working on and still developing. But but my my main focus for year one of this new journey was to just concentrate on you know creating the content, creating the kind of content that I would want to read. And um, so I, I would say my initial my first year priority isn't to monetize. It's something further down the line. Um, mm-hmm. And in the very near future, for me at the moment, my priority is getting the stories out there, finding my my voice, and you know, writing along the values that that mean something to me, and that I hope would come across to the reader. You know, whether it's in the value in just storytelling or in just sharing something that is hopefully well written, well written, um, something that is engaging something that you connect to that you you feel entertained by or or whatever i as i say i try to laugh at myself so some of my travel stories are not you know they're not travel guides in that sense they are about maybe sharing just a funny encounter or or whatever but whatever it is i i i hope that um my blog brings value in this way um and then maybe later for me if right now it's passion before profit um okay. yeah so ask me again <laughs> in, a, in a few months time <laughs> and then we we can talk about the profit side of it <laughs> that is fair that is fair enough all right well can you please share with the the good listeners how they can support your work um like where do you want them to connect with you? Is there a specific piece of content you want to steer them towards? Ah, I, okay. So the blog is Wonders of Wonders and the first Wonders is spelled with an O and the second one with an A. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, um, I would love for you to connect with me on these platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So for Instagram and Twitter, I am at Wonders O Wonders. So that's W O N D E R S O W A N D E R S. Um, and yeah, I'm just I I just really I'm very much open to connections. Uh, so yeah, connect with me there. Subscribe to the blog. Let's stay in touch. And I hope to be able to just continue telling the stories of the world. So if you if you if if some of the listeners feel that uh, we can connect in this way and share an interesting story 
bring it to new audiences and um, just provide enriching content in this way, then I'm very open to listening and collaborating. So get in touch, get in touch, get in touch. Don't feel shy. I don't bite. <laughs> I heard the opposite, actually. <laughs> that I bite? Uh- Yes, hard. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so very, 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 very much for being so insightful and such a joy. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you and I can't wait for people to hear this conversation to get a little bit behind the scenes of this glorious writer and and all these <laughs> beautiful photos. Oh, thank you so much and I really appreciate what you're doing as well. This platform is amazing. Um I think you're doing such important work. Um and just creating and holding new spaces for for black women to share their travel stories. I think that is very powerful. Um, It's amazing. We've got to support each other and, you know, bring new perspectives to to this space. And um, I appreciate what you're doing as well. So keep it up. Keep the fire burning, you know. Thank you so much. I I will. (laughs) I (laughs) and I will. And uh, I'm, I'm going to check on your fire every now and then, too. Make sure yes. you're going, too. Stronger together. <laughs> yes, exactly. Stronger together. True. <laughs> oh, thank you for making the time. Oh, such a pleasure. Really and truly. Well, you have yourself a beautiful day. Thank you so much. And take thank good you. care. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Catch you later. Absolutely. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.